name's Eileen Townsend, and I'm the editor of the Northern Logger and Timber Processor, a trade magazine for the forest products industry that's based out of the Adirondack Mountains in New York State. It's been a great week here in the Adirondacks. We've got snow on the ground, and things are freezing up finally after what felt like a seven-month-long mud season. It's very beautiful here, and more importantly, it's turning into great logging weather. So some of our listeners might not know this, but I grew up in Tennessee. I had never seen snow piled on the branches of fir trees beautifully until I moved to northern New York. So when my friends and family from back home ask me to describe my life up here, I just tell them that every day looks like Christmas. And in that spirit, the spirit of Christmas, for this month's podcast, we spoke with Peter Bergen. Peter is the owner of Peaceful Tree Christmas Tree Farm in central Connecticut. He describes this time of year, early December, as his haying season. In our interview, he let me in on some of the ins and outs of the Christmas tree business, from invasive pests to customer service to what he really thinks of the tree at the Rockefeller Center. From everybody here at the Northern Logger Magazine, we hope you have a great holiday. And just as a reminder, if you're looking for the perfect gift for mom or dad, make sure to stop by our website, www.northernlogger.com, where you can pick up cool Northern Logger t-shirts, hats, books, and even mud flaps for under the tree. But most importantly, spend time together and have a joyful holiday. Thanks for listening. Good morning, this is Peter Bergen from Peaceful Hill Tree Farm in Connecticut. Great. Well, thank you for making time to do this interview this morning. I have to say, I've been editing the Northern Logger Magazine for a year now, and I have not talked to anybody that does Christmas trees. So this is entirely oh. new for me. And really, my, my first question is just, what what do you do on a day-to-day basis? What do you do? Well, uh, on a day-to-day basis, uh, uh, when the kids were smaller, we used to have animals here, uh, pigs and cows, two chickens. And uh, and as they grew older and they didn't uh, want to put that work effort out anymore, uh, I said that with a, we'll plant Christmas trees. And... Me being like a majority of the people that come here for a tree, uh, they have no idea of what a Christmas tree is, per se. Uh, Whether it's a pine tree or a fir spruce tree. And it's all three. You know, we grow all three three genuses. And we started planting trees, uh, oh, 30 plus years ago now, and it's turned the farm around from a uh, what-are-we-doing-here situation to a a for-profit organization. And you're located in Connecticut, correct? Yes, Central Connecticut, that's right. So what's the terrain like around there? I mean, what makes it possible for you to grow the species that you do? Well, we... uh, this year is being an exceptional wet year. Um, 
the the trees are somewhat nice uh, but uh, over the years of growing trees with uh, the extension people and academia of one sort or another uh, they told me maybe you shouldn't be growing Christmas trees here because uh, even though we're very nearly at the top of the hill uh, the ground is still uh, a clay soil that doesn't drain well and it can be uh, very wet in the spring, a high water table, and then uh, towards the summer it turns into concrete. Uh, so it makes it difficult for certain varieties of trees to grow, the, the taproot trees and the spreading root trees and the uh, trees that grow during the summer versus like a pine tree, for example, uh, it stops growing as the weather gets warmer. But the other trees, uh, the, the spruces and the firs, uh, they keep going. So it can be difficult. Uh, so it's uh, it's no different farming than than a man in Kansas, I guess, or a New York State dairy farmer trying to grow corn or wheat or barley, whatever he grows up there. So it's a uh, it's it's pure farming, uh, even though you might not think it is. I saw on your website that you all have a, you know, harvest your own Christmas tree business set up. Can you tell me a little bit about your business structure? You do that, I imagine, and then do you also ship Christmas trees to people? Do I ship? No, uh, we just have a retail farm, per se. Uh, We grow uh, Over the years, the Christmas tree growers are trying to sanitize their their business, per se. Uh, the choose and cut. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, you're cutting. Oh, gee. So uh, they went to harvest your own. It's, it's a little bit a moniker that some people use. Uh, but we still choose and cut. Uh, uh, we have... We start... Do you want me to start saying how we get a tree to grow, or you want yes, me to show, I, I'd love say that. how somebody comes in uh, into the driveway? Well, let's uh, start at the December. beginning. <laughs> okay. Well, in the beginning, uh, uh, like I say, thirty plus years ago, one after the well, the animals were still here some at the time, uh, but we started planting trees. And we were planting trees on a cold April day, for example, one day, and and it started snowing, and and my kids started, uh, whatever you want to call it, hollering, uh, "Daddy, it's snowing out, and you're keeping us out here planting trees." Um, we we plant trees, and uh, <laughs> as soon as we can get on the ground in the spring, uh, late March. Uh, mid-March sometimes, but, but uh, normally April 1st is what we shoot for. Uh, I used to try and grow my own trees, but seeing now I am a grandfather, uh, uh, that used to be sort of the grandfather's job on the farm, and we're just the first-generation farm here. Uh, I purchased this property in the mid-70s, and I've been uh, 
it was just a raw field and and work. We now have uh, a home and numerous outbuildings, if you want me to use that word, and uh, a nice Christmas tree sales building. Uh, so anyways, we start planting trees in the spring as soon as we can get on the ground. And I buy trees from nurseries that are somewhat around the country. Uh, but I get a lot of trees out of New York and Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan. And we buy what we call a transplant that's approximately five years old. Uh, they call them two twos or two threes. So a, a two two is four years old and a two three is five years old. And we uh, we just plant the trees with a, a plain old uh, spade nor shovel with a long handle and and we go down through the rows. The the first when we first plant a tree, we go out there with a string line and a, and a cross line to try and get straight rows. And then as the trees grow and get cut down, and a new tree is planted in that spot, you use a, a roundup in the the fall to kill the gra- kill the sod in the soil and, and the rows. Uh, with a uh, a narrow cone spray rig, and uh, so we're planting trees in burned out sod with the shovel. Uh, we try to get a, a nice ten dollar hole because the trees are bare rooted, and we try to make sure, as I tell my sometimes help, we got to have the green part up with the brown part down. What do you mean? I'm not familiar with that term, bare rooted. The trees are grown in the nursery uh, from seed, of course, and uh, they plant the trees, sort of broadcast them. And then, so that first year, the trees are half an inch to an inch tall, depending on the variety of the tree. And and, and so then they sort of, they, they transplant them again in the nursery building into another row of some sort. So anyways, they take the one-year-old little seedling and then turn it into a two-year-old seedling in a row that they can manage. And then in the third year, uh, the first, second, the third year, they outplant them into the field in rows and they start growing. And then sometimes they're transplanted again, but not normally, uh, into its... Uh, it's growing situation of the field. So the 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 bare root is the tree roots that are grown in the nursery, and they come around with what they call a tree lifter, uh, like a potato digger, if you want to call it. And they go go down the row and they lift up the soil under the trees, and they pull the trees out of the sod, and they have a bare root tree with a green top. Got it. Got it. I believe that we were getting to this, but um, can you tell me about, you know, the growth cycles of the the spruce and the fir and the pine? Sure. Uh, growth cycle, uh, well, uh, uh, when we plant, it's five years old, and even the pine trees, we plant them when they're four years old because a pine tree is very vigorous, and it will go from just a 
four-year seedling and not really moved much from the the nursery situation. So it's just a four-row, as they call it. They just leave it the row, and, and it can grow to be uh, near 20 inches or more tall in just a four-year cycle. So uh, the pine trees uh, we set out, and pine trees in the past were a give or take tree uh, of the hundreds of trees that we move or sell here. Uh, if I get one person a hundred asked for a pine tree, uh, it's normal, you might say. Um, very small asking. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, it gets to be, uh, my time is limited to get all the varieties as nice as I would like to see them, but the, the pine tree is shaped right up as a sheared pine, as people call it. And so anyways, the, the pine tree grows the, the, the most. Uh, a pine tree in the forest can grow four feet tall in a year. And then the spruce and the firs, the, the normal standard Christmas trees, uh, they will grow two feet at least during the year. But if you let a fir or a a spruce grow two feet here, uh, you're not going to like the Christmas tree you get because you'll have big holes in it. Uh, so we try to limit the growth per year down to 14, 15 inches, uh, and we go along and we cut the tops, as we say, uh, just to sort of stunt the growth, and the tree will fill out that way, and it will be a full, if you just let it go, of up to or two or two plus feet a year, uh, the spruce or the the pie, uh, the firs, uh, as the spruce and the firs uh, are just plain lumber trees per se. Uh, uh, spruce lumber and fir, the different firs they come out of the west or the south. So people encourage trees to grow, and we sort of discourage them to grow in reference to Christmas trees. So then, visually, you know, between the spruce and the fir and the pine, uh, you know, why would somebody go for a uh, fir over a spruce over a pine? Well, the firs are your nice trees. Uh, they're softer needle. Uh, they are firm branch, so you can put a, a decent ornament on it and not have it sag down or fall off. Uh, and the spruce are a very rigorous brute, uh, branch growth, too. As a, as a matter of fact, more strength than the branches, but they can be, uh, you know, the needles are not soft. The fir needles are nice and soft. And then you have uh, somewhat very prickly. People, if they have cats, they get a blue spruce. Cats don't like blue spruce. They're so prickly. So, uh, so. So, like the you know the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center, what kind of tree is that? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, they uh, I saw the tree arriving, and 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 that company has been doing it for years, and and uh, now there, that's the business somebody wants to get into. We'll get into that because uh, it's I would say it's very cost plus. I'm sure they they don't. 
I'm sure they, they charge a lot. They, they go out and they look around for months for a tree. Anyways, it's a Norway spruce, which oh. you wouldn't you wouldn't put it in your house. You wouldn't. Right. Uh, years ago, <laughs> years ago, people just used to go and get a a green tree in the forest, and, and a Norway spruce is uh, that's part of the Christmas tree mantra is that trees that don't drop their needles and a uh, fir tree is a very good needle holder. The spruces are not the best needle holders and the Norway spruce is the worst of the spruce. So you could have a, you, you, if you put a Norway spruce in your house, you could have a, a bare stick by the time Christmas comes. Well, I mean, you know, that's, that's a big tree and I, I, I'm just picturing it, but I imagine that the trees that you all are harvesting are, you know, living room sized, not. Oh, sure. You know, under, under 10 feet. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. That thing they put in uh, Rockefeller Center, I understand was 60 or 70 feet tall. Wow. And, uh, and, uh, it was a, you know, I'm sure it had the stump that they, a, uh, a bore on its uh, uh, on its stump of uh, fourteen, I mean eighteen, twenty inches, maybe if not more. You know, so it's a big tree. It weighed a lot of you know. There's a lot of lumber there. <laughs> right. I don't really know that much about the uh, Christmas tree industry overall. I mean, who is who is your competition? Uh it used to be, and I have bought equipment from different people that planted a couple hundred Christmas trees for their uh, for college education money for their kids. And, uh, after about five years, the Christmas tree uh, get rich quick scheme dry dies off because the trees aren't ready to sell and they don't look good because they haven't been cared for as best as they might have been if a person was knowing what they had to do. Center right here in town, that's a big competition. He has a, uh, he buys cut trees from uh, local growers and also from uh, out-of-state growers. And uh, he has a nice uh, indoor uh, open shed, not indoor, but an open shed arrangement that, you can go there on the winterous day and get a tree. Or my trees are just out with Mother Nature. They're just out in the open, uh, muddy ground, and they're all, you know, and they have to be cut. People bring uh, all sorts of stuff to lay on to cut the tree down, uh, from little pads to pieces of cardboard, plastic sheets. And then some of them ask me for where's the sheeting that we use to cut the trees. I say we don't supply that, uh, and we do supply anything they need to normally for the tree. Uh, so, anyways, local uh, competition runs from a small backyard grower to larger farms. Uh, there's larger farms within, or farms the same size as mine and larger, uh, in a uh, thirty-mile circle of. Uh, and we're all, and we, most of us belong to the Connecticut Christmas Tree Growers Association. And they have a website, uh, a website and also uh, uh, printed matter that directs people to different farms. 
So competition can be uh, large and small and, and prices all over the, from a low price to a high price. And as you get closer to New York City, uh, the prices go astronomically high. So who is your customer base? Do you see a lot of people coming up from New York City? <laughs> to answer that question, uh, I don't see a lot of people. But, for example, we had somebody come this past weekend, two gals, and a, uh, and a uh, not a big car, and they came all the way from the city. They said, oh, we had nothing to do. And, and we saw your website, uh, and we came up for a tree. So... People, uh, the, the normal radius is uh, around Central Hartford, uh, you know, Glossbury, West, as I said, uh, up to a 30, 40 mile circle. And they find us on the web and they find us on the Connecticut Christmas tree grower. If you, even if you just punch up my name on, the, you know, like we have our own website and that website directs it to other farms also. So when people are actually harvesting the trees, uh, what kind of saws are they using? Chainsaws? Uh, if you talk to my man, they better not have a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, uh, but when there's nobody here, I I do look the other way if somebody wants to cut a tree with a chainsaw, especially if they're cutting a large tree with a six, eight-inch uh, stem. Uh, diameter stem. It can be hard cutting that, but normally we just have a a little um, 21 inch handsaw uh, that can be bought at any hardware store. We buy them from a orchard supplier. Uh, uh, just a little handsaw with a 21 inch blade, uh, and that's all you really need. So uh, then, how do you? Each year, I mean, I assume that you celebrate Christmas. Um, how do you select your own tree? Well, okay, so uh, a person uh, finds our farm. Uh, we have different signage out on the highway. As I said, we have the Connecticut Christmas Tree Growers links and, and our, our own tree farm uh, website link. And I, I see people coming in the yard uh, with their iPhones right in their hand that they were using it to bring themselves right to here. So somebody drives in the yard and uh, they uh, we try to have a family come and get the tree. We're, we're wanting a family experience so the uh, next generation uh, not really. So anyways, uh, people are, arrive at the yard uh, and we uh, try to greet them uh, when there are a large number of cars in the yard. It's kind of hard to greet them. And we have the regular people that have been coming here for a long time. And a new person can sort of stand there dumbfounded of what's next, or they will step up and say, we're new here, and uh, what do we do? So we, uh, we hand them a saw, and of course we say hello, and Nice to get a cup. Uh, hand them a saw and then ask them, uh, is there a special variety of tree you're looking for? Or, and then as, as I didn't say yet, we have over a dozen varieties of different firs and spruces and pine. We just have one, one kind of, that's eastern white pine, which is a lumber tree. 
of course, uh, when it gets to be bigger. So we uh, we ask them, uh, or they tell us, oh, we want a fir, we want a spruce. Uh, and I had them on any direction from the farm stand is trees. And we had, had them in the spruce direction. We had them in a fir direction. Uh, and, they, and we offer them a cart. Or if it was a snowy day, we have uh, those plastic uh, uh, toboggans, you might say, about five feet long, and we offer them a, a plastic toboggan on a snowy day, and uh, and they go off in search of the, the perfect tree. And some people are out there for hours. So then how, how many uh, trees a year are you trying to move? Well, that's that's a trade secret. Uh, that's a bad that's a bad question to ask a tree grower, but uh, we move hundreds. You know, it's a cash business. It's a cash business, and uh, and the things can get lost. But nowadays, uh, we used to uh, receive, in the course of a year, hundreds of checks, uh, and now. People climb out of the car and say, do you take credit cards? And we take a credit card, and a credit card is more than half of our business. Uh, so we have a minimum charge on the credit card because credit card costs are uh, taken out of the sale. Uh, so uh, we uh, we do take plastic, and it makes, it makes for... Uh, a little more spending sometimes. They might spend uh, money in the shop for an ornament or a tree topper or different Christmas decorations that we have. I tried to ask this earlier, but I think maybe my question got a little lost. For you personally, when you pick the Christmas tree that's going to be in your home, how do you select that? Uh, we're like the plumber with the house with leaky pipes. Um, <laughs> we have We have people that cut trees down and after they cut it down for whatever reason uh, they see something better and they just leave it uh, and we uh, so and we put that tree out in front of the stand to hope that somebody will come and buy it but the normal person uh, wants to cut their own tree so we uh, we cut in the past, we've had some ugly trees. We've had some nice trees. Uh, <laughs> we sort of get what's left over in the sense, but as people say, well, what do you do if the trees don't sell? I said, well, we just leave them right there, and next year they're going to be a year bigger. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's not a it's not a problem for you know a guy uh, a guy that's selling trees alongside the road that he bought in Montfort, say, uh, for for example. Uh, if he brings a thousand trees down and he only sold seven hundred, well, he's got three hundred to eat. Uh, right. So he's trying to get rid of his trees at the end, very cost-effectively uh, for near nothing. Because uh, then he has to pay a chipper to come in and get rid of them. Goes to town, won't let them just leave a pile of brush, if you want to call it, on, right. on some lot on a corner. So, so you don't have that we, problem? No, we don't have that problem, no. 
and I had the, the farm here was, was near 50 acres, and uh, the brush and the waste that we get from making reeds, uh, uh, I either have a large fire or I just take it out in the forest and, and let it turn into uh, carbon as the state wants to leave. Uh, they're almost forgiving, uh, forgiving. They're almost don't want people to take the tops out of the forest anymore. Our, our Connecticut state program here, I don't know why, they're trying to build up a, a um, they call it, uh, they're building up the hummus layer of the forest, but they're also building up a a, uh, a map that could burn uh, like they have in California. I don't understand that, but that's another program. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, we, uh, we, we try to, and also the trees that are very cold, the trees that have died, uh, uh, in a block of 20 trees, for example, there'll be a tree right in the middle that just dies. Uh, and trees are living organisms just like we are. Why does the young person die young? And, and why do the senior people stay alive till late years? So it's, uh, it's Mother Nature. It's it's uh, nature, period. Well, do you deal with any um, any invasive species that that you really have to fight off? Oh, uh, that's a now. There's a question that you can get a lot of answers on. Uh, uh, oh, there's there's a multitude of of uh, problems in Christmas trees. Uh, being a living organism. Uh, and the living organisms that, that attack all of us, the viruses and the funguses and, the, and, and uh, whatever. Uh, why do we get sick? Uh, the trees get sick too. There's all sorts of, of uh, problems with the trees. And uh, I'm not an organic grower per se. Uh, uh, I use pesticides, but not as heavy as some farmers do, because we have such a multitude of problems. Right, what, right. Like, we, could, we could talk for hours on that, and that's what academia lives on, all those problems that are, exist in trees. Um, so how do you, if you have a new problem that's coming up with the, with the trees, I mean, how do you go about researching what's happening? How do you go about you know, uh, solving, solving those problems? Well, uh, uh, we have uh, one of our, uh, you asked what does the Christmas tree grower do? Well, one of our little details is uh, uh, walking through the trees, and you always walk through with a pair of clippers in your pocket, and you go out scouting uh, uh, with a clipboard, is the suggested item and uh, with a piece of white paper and you put uh, the clipboard under a branch here and there and you shake the branch and see what falls out and uh, you find different uh, beetles uh, growth uh, you can see the, uh, uh, the different funguses uh, that are uh, on the needles, you can or the different uh, diseases affecting the needles, uh, uh, 
as you know, that's one of the questions that uh, the tree entomologist of that is, is, is it a fungus? Is it a mold? It, uh, you almost have to be a veterinarian. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, to start with, uh, as, as, as many problems there are with the trees, there are uh, us being a minor agriculture industry, uh, we have trouble getting uh, listed for chemical treatment of of trees. Uh, you know the different uh, uh, the different pesticides that are available to us. Uh, so it's uh, you know you you try to we can get help with the extension and the the uh, plant science people that are uh, here in winter or down in New Haven of the labs uh, with, and, and that's what we have uh, our annual meeting and we have our uh, uh, our summer meetings uh, we have the plant plants doctors some are nationally known doctors of of, uh, of tree diseases and they, and they have a out in the field, or if the farm has a nice uh, barn that they can hold a somewhat indoor meeting, uh, but they, they most of the meetings are held out in the field, and they say, "Oh, look at this branch here! See, see this of uh, uh, different uh, moles or, or this this fungus or, or whatever." Uh, and uh, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for this yellowing needle. See the way the needle is only uh, it's this way or that way or 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 whatever. So it's a uh, sometimes you come home from the meeting and I want to go buy one of those uh, rotary chippers and just go right because it can be awful difficult. And we have scales now that are around; they've been around, but we have scales, we have mites uh, that are very difficult to control and expensive to control. Uh, the as as the economy goes along, uh, before we used to be able to buy pesticides somewhat reasonable, but now buy a a, uh, a quart off of an item and it costs three hundred dollars, and you just use a a, a minute a minute amount in twenty five gallons of water or fifty gallons of water, or before we used to spray with gallons of. So it's uh, the change that we're seeing. Uh, but anyway, what you didn't finish, uh, you didn't finish. Uh, people go, uh, we give them a saw, and they go out in the field, and, and we have carts, so they don't, so they don't have to drag the field, uh, drag the tree home in the dirt or mud, like we've been having this year with the tremendous amount of rain that we're having here, 65 inches so far, and the fields are just like a sponge. Oh, awful. To drive out there with any machinery because they're just making ruts. And uh, anyways, the people bring the tree back after they selected it. Uh, you know whether it's uh, the the one year old turn that selected or mommy's turn that selected. And uh, 
Uh, I like it when the one-year-olds select the tree because they can come back with a very ugly tree. Of, <laughs> and they can spread of a problem for me. But anyway, right, yeah. uh, the, people come, the people come back with a perfect tree. And we and we shake it. We have a uh, a machine that's sold to us growers by the uh, suppliers, uh, and it's uh, a shaker. Um, uh, I guess uh, you could put a belt on it and use it yourself. Uh, but it's a shaker, and it shakes the dead needles out. Uh, helps to clean the tree up for the people. And then we bale the tree. We have a string baler. That we put the tree in, uh, and it's uh, it's just the, as the tree is pulled through the the cone that the tree goes through. There's a string that wraps around it, and we also uh, and, and the chain pulls it all the way through, and then that also determines our pricing scheme here. We we have a a tree price for under ten feet and a tree price for over ten feet. And uh, and and we rely on the honesty of people. We tell them you just have a standard tree, and they went to the shop, and uh, the boys take care of the tree for for the people, put it on the roof or on the back of the truck or the pickup truck, and uh, they went to the shop, and, and we have a uh, a gift shop with uh, a, a large scale G scale train running around. And uh, we have complimentary hot chocolate, and they pay for their tree, and, and out they go, home to settle up. Well, what else should what else should people know? Especially people that are listening to our podcast, you might be in a very different part of the uh, forest products industry. Well, it's labor intensive. It's uh, it's not easy, just like everything else. So, uh, and you have to have a market. It's just like a man cutting wood with his wood miser saw. He could cut a million board feet, but if he can't sell the wood, what goes? Uh, so uh, you, it's something that's this developed over time, and uh, I imagine a person uh, up in. Uh, I won't say Lake Placid without any outskirts of Lake Placid might have a difficult time trying to have a Christmas tree farm. Uh, for example, uh, uh, we're right near a metropolitan area with millions of people here, and and uh, whatever we sell here is normally uh, the compliments are arriving here uh, by the hour. Oh, what a nice place. We have a nice level farm. They don't have to be mountain goats, and uh, people like to come back here. And uh, it, the farm is somewhat an old hay field, and that's all it was, or hay field or pasture. It, it, could, it was never cultivated. You can't plow this stuff here. It's just rocks. Oh, it depends on your I would say somebody in the forest industry uh, uh, just have to determine the market and uh, if you think you can sell trees, uh, if you can get people to come out to the woods to get a tree, there are some people that will do that. Well, great. I think that about answers my questions, and I'll let you get back to your work, and that's great. I hope that I can make it down there sometime and, and see your operation. 
Thanks again to Peter for the great interview, and thanks for listening. Happy holidays to all.